0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. So today we have um, a really good friend of mine from Down Under, Australia. What's going on, Seamus? How are you?
1: Hey, yeah, I'm good, thanks, Ryan. How are you today?
0: Doing well, doing well. So Seamus and I actually had the opportunity to meet in person when I was traveling in Australia in 2018 before the nonprofit actually got started and... Um, we met cause I think your mom got in contact or something like that. And obviously you were diagnosed with Kleinfelder syndrome. So can you kind of like walk us back to those days when you found out and, and, um, and we'll just take it from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously, you know, I, um, had struggles prior to 2018, but, um, you know, finally, got some answers and saw my um my referred to endocrinologist um which to be honest was a horrible experience um you know just the first impression was you know um i don't know just the energy from this guy just was really bad and you know i came in and he checked you know my length of my body and obviously um my private parts and And then just pretty much looked at the um, blood results and then just confirmed, yep, you know, you've got Kleinfeldt syndrome and pretty much in and out of the door. So so left there just feeling sort of um, in despair, really. Um, And yeah, it it was difficult. Um, And I think also um, not knowing too much about it and just reading things from Google, that certainly made it quite hard. Um, So, you know, from leaving there, it was like it was yeah. I was in a dark place, I'd say.
0: So can you um, can you kind of like walk yep. us through before like what kind of led up to the diagnosis? Like why did you go to the doctor in the first place? Like did you have struggles when you were a kid that kind of slowly led up to this? Or
1: yeah, so I I, I can just walk you through um, the steps. Getting to that point. So, you know, when I was like 20, like in my almost mid 20s, you know, what's quite common here um, is, you know, young people sexually active, you know, you go and have a three month, you know, um, sexual health check. So um, I went and I obviously went and did that, and, and a nurse said to me, Oh, you know, your testicles look like that, you know, you've got an abnormality. You should go and have an ultrasound and check that out, you know. So, I, I think I was 25 and I just thought, I, I kind of went to the doctor and I got the referral. But then I was like, you know what? I'm a healthy young man. I don't need to do this. You know, I had a big ego. So I then just sort of put it aside. Um, and, and, and this happens all the time. I, I've got friends as well um, and men in particular. We, we don't want to go to the doctor. Um, it might happen more so now. But back in those days, it wasn't so, you know, popular to go to the doctor, especially as a male. Um, and then I think later, in you know, when I was about 28, 29, I did notice some, um, you know, abnormalities such as fatigue, um, low libido. So I went to the doctor and they always referred to, oh, give it your stress, you know, you're working hard or, you know, they they wouldn't say, oh, let's do a blood test or, you know, let's check other things. So, um, it wasn't until uh, I, I had a partner and I was thirty, and uh, and they said, "Oh, you know that looks different. You should check that out." So that's when I that was sort of a closer to home thing, and I thought, oh, "All right, okay, so I better go and check that out." So went to the doctor, and then the doctor at that point didn't still know too much about it, but he said, "Oh, you may have a." Um, what did he say? He may have a, um, I just can't remember what the word is. Wrong I'm Sorry. Um, but he said you should, you know, you might need to go and see an endocrinologist. But we'll run, we'll run through some blood tests, etc. So that kind of got the ball rolling. I would have said, would say, at that point. So yeah. So obviously, yeah, had the blood tests, um, and then obviously did a, a semen test as well, and then all those, all those results uh we we'll, were we'll referred to the uh preferred endocrinologist and then yeah that's how basically I got to that point um to find out yeah, that I have client.
0: So you had like a lot of people you had a really awful experience with the endocrinologist and do you feel like the the way the endocrinologist told you about your diagnosis is what you what put you into like a dark place for a while?
1: Yeah, I would say it's a a lot of things because I think when the doctor said, you know, prior to seeing the endocrinologist, he said, oh, you could possibly have this thing called Feinfeld syndrome. So obviously taking that, hitting up Google or hitting up different streams of content, you know, at that point, um, which is, you know, five years ago, it it was hard because I was reading a lot of facts that weren't obviously true, but I didn't know anything about this, you know, syndrome as such. And then going in to see the endocrinologist, he wasn't helpful at all. It was a very, it was a, it was a horrible experience. I mean, just to be honest, going to that guy, he wasn't friendly at all, you know. So I think if if, if I was going to put myself into someone's shoes today that already had all the facts that we've been handing out and you've been handing out, and then seeing someone like beautiful that could make the experience a little bit lighter and you know you can seek assistance and you can get this help and support and you know that that's obviously going to change your experience of what you're going to go through so and and possibly you won't go through dark times as as a lot of people have so
0: so can you talk about some of these dark times that you had and and kind of once you got the diagnosis did it open your eyes to other things that might have happened in your past that could potentially be related to the diagnosis?
1: Yeah. So obviously finding out and leaving that place, you know, I, I there was a lot of, you know, the stigma of, you know, um, you can't have kids and you can't, um, you know, the... Um, a lot of the things that we keep reading about, you know, like you've got a small penis and you got no facial hair, and you know, like of of course you've got in, you have insecurity. I had insecurities when I left there. I I already had insecurities, and I felt, you know, I that's why I felt like I went into a dark place because I I didn't know how, how I could talk to my friends about it, or you know, I actually had tried. I I, I even before being diagnosed. You know, you read those things on Google, and you go, and you say to your friends, "Oh, you know what? Well, I'm in Birth Island and I'm this, and I'm that." You just think about all the negatives, but you don't understand it. And then, obviously, when being diagnosed, and then going back saying all these things that relates to Google or whatever, um, you know, it was it was really hard because still, the community didn't know anything about this. So I was getting to terms with it and trying to understand it um and and when you're going through this dark sort of hole I, I, the hole that i went through i guess um you want to talk to your friends about it um but even yourself because you don't understand it it's a, it's a struggle you know because you you want your friends to understand and give you advice and say oh you know you can try this and you can try that but it's hard time they don't really know anything about it you know what i mean
0: yeah, you want them to be empathetic towards you and understand that you're going through like a hard time and and you want them to learn about it or kind of, but then at the same time, you just learned about it and the way you learned about it from your doctor and the Google, you know, everyone goes to Google to learn about it on their own. And then the first things you see is like small testicles, micropenis, you know, all these uh, lower IQ, like all these horrible things that... Yes, like some of our population might have micropenis, but do, does that state that every single person in our population has it? No, but when you when you get kind of when you read those right away, people then automatically start to kind of maybe assume.
1: right?
0: Yeah. So did so? What was, you know, who who was your rock during all of this? Um, that going through, what you were going through.
1: Yeah, so obviously, um, my mum was, you know, the the huge support. Um, thankfully to her, obviously, Ryan and I, you know, you and I have connected. Um, you know, my mum could see that I was obviously struggling a lot with her. And, um, you know, since she comes from a medical background, she was really invested into it. So, you know, from leaving there, like day dot from leaving the endocrinologist, she was like reaching out to her people, um, you know, heavily um, researching it. Obviously, got in touch with you. Um, and yeah, that sort of got the steps rolling, I guess, um, to uh, learn more about, you know, 47XXY and what support groups are out there. And um, yeah, that definitely assisted in the process of, you know, the personal growth that I needed and the motivation to um, get out of this, you know, hole that I was in, I guess. Um, yeah, to move forward. And, you know, um, obviously that put a huge impact on to um, helping me grow and, you know, now look back and think, oh, you know, that was difficult times. But, you know, um, there's many positive things about living with this.
0: What – how long was that? I know that I met you – so – you got diagnosed what in early two
1: thousand eighteen? Yeah, so February, February twenty eighteen, um, and then I think I reached out to you after a couple months. I believe June, May, or June, something like that.
0: I think I went to Australia in March. March of March fifth is when I flew over to Brisbane in uh, two thousand eighteen. So I must have met you, like a month or two after your diagnosis, when you were still in that like raw state of like not really understanding.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what was, how long did that period last for you? Like how long did you have to, and what, what were your thoughts about yourself? Like, obviously there was the Seamus before the diagnosis and then your partner told you to, you know, that your testicles were probably smaller and you might want to get it checked out. So what changed about you?
1: Yeah, well actually I um my relationship just ended just before I met you. So I think not only was I going through a difficult time of that, but I um, you know, there was a lot of things going on emotionally, I suppose. Um and then just sort of understanding that I've got this thing that I don't know too much about and then now connecting with someone who's like a, a rock star in his country, you know, um, yeah, I think meeting you for the first time was, it was really great and motivating, but I I, I was still struggling within myself of, of understanding what this was. And, you know, I still was thinking a lot of um, pessimistic thoughts about it, you know, because I, I still didn't, I think because I didn't, I had a low self-esteem, you know, I was going through a lot of things that I was trying to work out. Um, And yeah, I think I just, I needed to, I needed to get more support and growth and um, yeah, just referring back when we all met together as a group, it was really nice and enlightening, but, I still felt, I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel confident, I think, you know, or comfortable with it. So that, that was the struggles I was having.
0: And what, how long was that period of time before you once you were diagnosed and then once you started to feel more confident and comfortable with the diagnosis?
1: I'd say it took almost a year. So I stayed by 2019 you know, I, I obviously got to terms with it and, you know, I obviously was following you every day and the stuff that you were doing and, you know, um, you know, you were reaching, always reaching out. Um, and that, that's what sort of gave me the confidence because I was obviously admired by what you were doing.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that, man. I mean, I, when I, you're, so a little backstory for our listeners is, um, I went to Australia on a one way ticket from uh, um San Diego to Brisbane for two hundred and fifty dollars on hawaiian airlines um and I decided to meet as many klein guys with Klein syndrome and families as i could and when i before before doing so Seamus's mother uh reached out to me to help obviously try to bring some positivity to towards you i think and some um some just knowledge about Kleinfelder syndrome. And as she did, me and her built a relationship. And then here I was in Sydney and um, she gave, which I didn't know at the time, but she gave up her house for me to stay for nine days in Sydney in uh, a beautiful area. And that that's what kind of connected us together. So that that's, it's crazy on how a diagnosis can help Build relationships and help people travel, and all these wonderful things can come from it. So that's kind of like how we know each other. And I'm just a normal dude that decided to start a nonprofit and a YouTube channel about a condition that I, a, a genetic condition that I was born with. That when I googled it at 31, even though I was diagnosed in utero, it um, I blew my mind on how there was not one person out there or someone talking about the positives of this condition so i mean once once it took you a year like did you do any specific things that really helped you grow with your mental health and with acceptance of having this
1: yeah so i always draw back to fitness you know even prior to anything to do with 47 XY, I think whenever I feel low fitness always gives me energy and drive so at that time obviously I was going through a, a breakup as well I um I actually went to Thailand and did like a, a boot camp you know um three weeks detox boot camp you know fitness training and that got me sort of to to start clearing my mind and feeling energized and you know get out out of depression and stuff like that and to be honest that was the big stepping stone you know that's five years ago so i've done quite a lot of growth since then um but i always back that fitness because it gives me um yeah it gives me drive and life and i feel healthy and, and and it, you know um with a lot of mental health things that men particularly go through you know anxiety stress fitness is number one It it's it, it definitely assist all those areas, so I, I stick by it.
0: And so you talk about energy and and you know working out and stuff like that. So once when you were diagnosed, did did you like you said low libido and low energy? So what was was testosterone something that you were given in Australia? And can you kind of talk us about your journey with that?
1: Yeah, so I wasn't given it. Um, obviously I got told about it, but, um, my doctors, um, kept saying, well, you can only have testosterone if your um, what do you call it? You can only have, sorry, you can only have testosterone if, if your levels are below six mils, right? So mine were between 15, they were going up and down, but 15, 13, 12 was the lowest um and for two years so i I basically was struggling i I actually went to another doctor and he said to me oh again you can't have it because your levels are still you know normal um so then i went to another doctor (laughs) to to get you know another point of view and i said look um you know what i'm coming to you because um i feel like you might be able to help me I said, I've said i told him the whole background about me. I said, surely there's a way, like I can do private, I don't know, but I feel like I need, you know, uh, testosterone injections, you know. So he then said, all right, I'll organize you um, a referral to the endocrinologist of your choice. Um, and, yeah, that's how I basically went down those steps. So I obviously did some research. I found someone. That I could get um, another sort of specialized person that does, you know, forty-seven X Y, and then that's when I found this endocrinologist, which honestly was a lifesaver. What gave you?
0: What gave you the drive to like? Everyone kept telling you no. What gave you the drive to continue to push forward and like research about testosterone and and keep pushing until you got what you wanted?
1: Yeah, well, I, I just thought if I'm doing like all this exercise and training and at that point my body was quite healthy, but there was still something missing, you know, that made me think I need more testosterone. So, um, you know, I obviously reached out to lots of different sort of specialists and stuff like that. Um, And they said, they, you know, because they weren't educated, they kept just saying, well, you need to make sure that you have faith uh, referral or you know you need to check with your doctor so I just I rang around and, and um, I obviously got an appointment I had to pay a lot of money for unfortunately but in the end it was um, you know if you don't push and research and get out there like you're going to be still stuck you know in your little rut so um, I've been living with this already for two years and I wasn't getting the answers so you know what you have to get out there and you know, speak for yourself.
0: And so, what was it like going on testosterone? Like, what was, are you on injections or, or what, what's your, what was that like for you? And, uh, how has it been being on testosterone?
1: Oh, yeah. Look, for, for me, hugely, like, lifesaver, like, totally changed my, my life big time. Um, I take um, testosterone every 12 weeks and I uh, have an injection. So the mm-hmm. injection usually takes almost two minutes. It's not the most pleasant one, but obviously I've had about six now, so I'm um, getting used to it. Um, and yeah, I'd say after the three weeks mark, that's when you really feel it. Particularly, uh, I'd say libido, um, energy and focus. You know, those three things have really changed, and you know, as, as a male, as we, are, as we are men, like that's quite important for many things, as well as ego and relationships, and um, you know, if you're if you're the workplace or if you're studying, you know, all those things um, make a huge impact, and just being able to feel normal, just like every other male, you know, that's just that's really massive. <laughs> um, yeah, it's honestly
0: life danger. I mean, I've been on it since I was 13. And when I'm like, we, we don't have the 12 week injection here. So for a lot of people out there, they do like a thousand milligram injection in a massive syringe. And like you said, it takes two to three minutes to do the entire injection in your butt. Um, and I've heard, I've heard some wonderful things. And I've heard some not so wonderful things from that injection, but at the end of the day, like that two or three minutes gives you life for two, like what, three months. So, I mean, that's the the fact that you've, you've said it's been a game changer is so important to you. And, and it's like, it's night and day basically. Right. From when, before, when you were on it, off of it, when you didn't know you needed it till being on it.
1: Yeah, you know, if 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 that's two minutes, you know, something difficult that I'll so go through but it's gonna change my well being for three months and beyond, like, so be it, man. So So, you know Yeah get out there and anyone that's going through this, like yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm curious on yeah. kinda what you a little less about XXY and, and more about just your life. So kind of did you go to college? Did you, um, or university as you guys call it? Like what, what have you profession wise, what have you done and what do you like to do for fun?
1: Yeah, look, I've done, um, quite a lot of things to be honest. Um, you know, I left high school around 2004. Um, I always always had a passion for events. Um, and I, so event management. Then I moved to the UK. Um, I ended up doing some stuff for the royal family and a lot of high-profile people. Um, I have pretty much stayed in that sector. I obviously came back to Australia, and I've worked all around um, Sydney. Um, but I've also sort of specialized um, just recently doing project management. So that's sort of where I see myself moving forward. Um, and yeah, I love keeping fit. Um, I've recently just joined another sort of fitness club um, as I like to do a bit more resistance and build more muscle. And that's the one good thing about having that testosterone injection is that really assists with muscle growth. So um, things are working out really well there. Um, and look, I, I right now I'm really focusing on mental health and I, I do a little bit of meditation um, every, every couple of days. Um, in the week, um, you know, I've got a dog and, you know, um, as I've mentioned many times that, you know, it's really important having exercise daily. So obviously, even though it's raining in Sydney right now, I'm still going to have to go out and take my dog for a walk. So,
0: um, yeah, um, that's me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, so what I'm thinking about right now is like, I know you as a person and I've followed you and and many people haven't, but there's been like, what, 7 million, or how many people have viewed that video now?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's almost 8 million. Um, yeah, look, I'm totally ecstatic about that. Um, I, I didn't ever think it would have even hit that, but, um, you know, the amount of people it's reached, um, all my friends and family have been supportive, but even strangers, you know, obviously most people that have seen it are strangers, And yeah, just the, um, amount of support is just unbelievable. Like I was, you know, I was, yeah. So smack that date and yeah, sorry, go on.
0: No, no, I was just going to say a little backstory for the people that are listening. So, um, Australian broadcasting company reached out to the living with XXY organization and asked us if we knew anyone in Australia who would like to do like a, a segment, a little like documentary segment about their life with Kleinfelder syndrome and, Um, I searched through Australia, but really they were looking for someone in the Sydney region. And, um, I wasn't sure if Seamus was open, fully open at this point to kind of just putting his life out there or not. And, uh, what I'm super stoked that you, you did. And so they created this pretty awesome video that's on Facebook and YouTube and, um, on their, on their channels. And I'll put a link in, in the, um, the bio of this podcast so you guys can watch it. And it, It just like, it was a slow start for a couple of days, but then it just took off on Facebook and there's close to 8 million people that have viewed it. They had to turn off comments. There's like other videos that have spiraled from it. And it's about Kleinfelter syndrome. You talk like really, you talk really elegantly and and really professionally. And you're open about like telling other men to check their crown jewels. So can you kind of walk us through like what it was like to, you know, be in this dark place from your diagnosis and then why you decided to open up and, and be like a, a light, an advocate in Australia for this.
1: Yeah. yeah, Well, I think, you know, um, I was really passionate, I guess, about doing this video, um, with getting the support from, you know, you and my mom and, you know, a lot of people around me. Um, you know, I, I really just wanted to let everyone know about, you know, what, you know, 47XXY was, what struggles that I had, um, you know, um, and, you know, reaching out to, um, specialists that, you know, that gave me the light again, you know, that's basically what that's about. And, um, and I'm all about positive, you know, I'm a very positive person, um, so being able to share my story with the rest of the world, it honestly it was you know I, I know it was a game changer because all the millions of men out there that are going through exactly what I did um, they've got now a, a key to open doors, you know and that's really what the message is that I'm giving out to all the men out there. Just if you notice anything that's different, just go and check it out. you know you're not you're not doing anything bad. you're actually, helping and assisting yourself in your own personal growth and drive.
0: So what would you say to guys like right now that are potentially listening to this podcast who are struggling with being open about their diagnosis, um, not telling friends or family or people around people around them, like what would your message to them be?
1: Yeah. If, 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 you know, you're going through something, you know, um, or you've been diagnosed about this or, you know, you've got the symptoms, et cetera. You know, reach out to you know Ryan. Reach out to myself. Um, you know, go and see your doctor and talk about these things. And and also talk about you know I've watched this documentary or I've listened to this podcast and they've mentioned this. That's also going to educate not only yourself, but it's going to educate all the health professionals out there that need to know a bit more about this because um, they're going to help the future generations. You know that's that's what we need we need people to spread awareness um but also seek help for yourself and you know if you need to get testosterone or if you need to whatever whatever you need go out there and get help because there's there's a lot of um things that can be done now so yeah it's
0: a good that's a good message i i, I appreciate the the uh from deep down within of of doing that so what what has kind of come, what has aspired from this video? Obviously confidence and wanting to do more. Have you been more, have you been more involved in other publications or, or what else is going on in your life with, you know, obviously we all at some point have to just get back to normal life and we have, we have this diagnosis and we, we move on, but have you done anything else?
1: Yeah, so I obviously have had people reach out to me all over the world. Um, I had a German publication that reached out to me, um, something that I'm probably still working on. Um, and recently we had a Australian publication reach out to us. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think there's a few little things in the pipeline and things that will come out soon. Um, I, I definitely... Want to have a bit more involvement um, in it. I, I I actually just sort of um, went MIA for a little couple months there, but um I definitely feel that I've got. I'm going to have a bit more involvement going ahead, um, and there will be some things coming up. But yeah, at the moment, um, I'll I'll keep you posted about that.
0: No worries. Um, what would your message to mothers that are you know? being being diagnosed in utero who are being told to terminate, um, you know, what would your message to families with young kids about this diagnosis, you know, knowing that you didn't know about this your whole life until you're 30 that you, you know, got diagnosed. So what was kind of what would your message to them be?
1: Um, you, Your son has got a long life to live, you know, push through. There's so many resources out there, assistance, you know, go ahead with it, you know. Everyone in this world has got something and there's still a lot of things that we don't know about. So uh, just have that baby, baby.
0: (laughs) Oh. Well, is there anything that, I mean, we've kind of touched base on most of your adult life. Is there anything about your past, your early life, that once you got diagnosed, a lot of things in your earlier years, like as you did more and more research, started to make sense? Did you struggle when you were younger?
1: Yeah, so definitely, like, you know, learning disabilities was a huge one.
0: Um,
1: And, you know, I, I... I think that's a big thing because I I still have learning difficulties, you know, like I'm, I'm only human, right. Um, But I do really feel um, that closed the big door once, you know, I learned that from my endocrinologist, for example, you know, I I refer back to that Um, and, you know, um, being on testosterone has really helped with my education, you know, I'm more focused and, you know, I'm studying harder and, you know, um it it's really helped um libido obviously as well um yeah that like that that injection helps your life. so you know get on it I, I it really helped me, So yeah,
0: I'm curious about you mentioned libido, so I'm curious about kind of the dating aspect and having kids and being told that you're gonna be infertile, like how has this diagnosis kind of shaped your dating life moving forward from before diagnosis to after?
1: Yeah, look, it obviously hit home, you know, cause you know, I wanted to have kids. Um, so yeah, that, that was quite hard to destroy that. Um, however, um, I feel like I, I have a lot of things to give. So, you know, by not having kids, it's not it's not the end all for me. You know, like, we as adults can adopt and we can do lots of other things. And there's other procedures that client shelter um, guys like us can do that, you know, that you can go down the micro T's and all that kind of stuff. So there is options. Um, so, you know, there's no point giving up. Um, but referring to dating, yeah, well... Um you know like it's, it is easier now because you're not in difficult situations where you can't perform I guess you know Um mind you though uh, I just want to mention to everyone out there you can still have implications with your libido being on testosterone it's very important to focus on your mental health so if you've got stress and anxiety in your life that's why exercise is really good to um, manage that Um because even if you've being on test- testosterone you can still have you know you can still have lots of libido so it is really important to just focus on that um you know self care um look after your health is you know it's still very important um testosterone is not going to be an easy way out so um but yeah dating's good dating's good so um yes i'm still single but you know who knows what's going to happen in the near future
0: but <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're enjoying the single life aren't you
1: yeah, well, um, I, look, I haven't found someone special yet. Um, but, you know, I think what's really important is focusing on yourself. Um, and once you've got yourself sorted, you know, other things will fall into place. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a very strong message that I want to say because if you're not feeling good or not bringing good energy about yourself, you're not going to find the right person. So it's better to just um, focus on yourself first.
0: Well, that's a that's a very valid point i mean between the the exercise th- which helps mental health and then being aware of your mental health and and focusing on yourself which a lot of us tend to focus on others um especially with a later diagnosis you know it, like you didn't find out trying to have kids a lot of men are diagnosed trying to have kids and then the focus might end up being more on the female because you're not necessarily getting pregnant um and a lot of guys struggle with you know taking that kind of accountability on themselves of them needing to focus and grieve on their own um their own diagnosis well is there anything else that we kind of haven't really talked about that you wanted to chat about or anything um
1: I, I i think we've touched on a lot of good subjects today um but yeah i i i really feel like you know, um, it's, whoever's listening out there, I think it's so good that you're connecting with, you know, living with XXY. There's a lot of great um, resources and and Ryan and, you know, myself and lots of other people out there that can help you. But the first step is just to reach out and have start that conversation, really what I want to say today, because that's going to help you build on whatever's going to happen next. So, um, yeah, get out there and say hello.
0: Well, I appreciate you having on the show and and calling in it's early morning, probably in Australia right now. So, um, I just, it's been wonderful having you talking to you and and sharing a little bit about your life and, and some of the more intimate details that not a lot of guys typically share, especially the infertility and, um, some of the medical aspects of this diagnosis. So, it's been wonderful, and um, I guess uh, we'll we'll catch you an, another time, another podcast when uh, there's more things about Seamus that we haven't heard about.
1: Awesome, Ryan. Thanks so much.
0: We'll talk to you soon.
1: Talk soon. See ya.